and welcome to Sharing Real Hope. My name is Mike Hall. Let me just add a point of clarification right on the front end of this podcast, and it is this. This teaching is not intended today to be a political statement in any way, shape, or form. Now, the subject matter uh, would lead one to believe that it, that it could be. And let me just say that the subject matter was a biblical issue long before it became a political hot potato in our country. And, and it did some 50 years ago. We're talking about this whole business of pro-life versus pro-choice. Now, my intention on today's podcast is to speak to followers of Christ and talk to them about the biblical view of life. I want us to understand what we believe and why we believe it from the scriptures. And... um, Where that falls on the political spectrum is of less concern to me. Uh, What is of more concern is is we understand what God says about the matter. I realize that even that statement is is highly controversial, but um, it is what it is. I, I want to stand for biblical truth. I don't want to stand up for the Republicans I don't want to stand up for the conservatives. I don't want to stand up for uh, even the Democrats or independents. And I am thankful, by the way, that I live in the United States of America. I'm thankful for this Democratic Republic. Uh, I'm glad that we have the freedom that we do to argue and debate. But unfortunately, it's gone beyond uh, civil debate, and there is just such ugliness in our country. And even more unfortunately is how people that claim to be followers of Christ have gotten into the fray at the ugly level. At the ugly, ugly level. And, and, and I don't want to see that. I want us to get back to the Word of God as followers of Christ and, and, and think clearly and understand what God says and what He means by that and and how that all applies to this situation and then do it in a way that reflects uh, graciousness. Um, We can firmly believe what we believe and yet be gracious. Well, the author of life from the Word of God is God Almighty. Genesis chapter 2 verse 7 says, Then the Lord God formed man of dust from the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living being. Right there you have it. The creation of human beings by Almighty God from the dust of the ground. And from dust we came, and to dust we're going to return. That's very obvious, but the difference is God breathed into us a living soul. He made us living beings. Now, right there is where the pushback starts, by fallen, sinful human beings, of which all of us are. And that pushback leads uh, some to say, well, there isn't a God, there wasn't a creation story, uh, and, and the simplistic uh, explanation is uh, of their view is, uh, somewhere along the way, something existed and exploded, and the, the Big Bang uh, over billions of years evolved to the complexity of life that we see today. And if if it did so randomly, um, 
then there's there's really no purpose to life. There's really what where is the intrinsic value of life? And when you are able to have a view like that, you can devalue life at some level, and. And, and that results in things like uh, aborted babies and euthanasia, mercy killing, and, and, and on and on it goes. And so the pushback is there. But let just say that the intrinsic value of life is directly tied to the God who authored it. And when God is removed, when God is removed from the situation, the whole basis for life's uh, value vanishes quickly. Well, we can see uh, the value that God places on life in a post-flood directive that God gave to Noah in Genesis chapter 9, verse 6, when he said, Whoever sheds man's blood, by, by man his blood shall be shed, for in the image of God he made man or humans. You see, um, after God had destroyed the world by a flood, and again, there it is. A lot of people can't swallow that one. Uh, and and I, I hear you. But I do. I believe it with all of my heart because the God who could speak everything into existence can create a worldwide flood. And, and God has the right to do that. God authored life. God gives life. And, and God is righteous and holy and just. And, and so in that great worldwide flood... Uh, sinful human beings were judged. There's a fresh start. Noah gets off the ark with his family, and God says to Noah, one of the most basic issues in the world is, is life and the value of life. And he says, look, you were created in my image. That brings value to life. And so anybody that murders someone else Anybody that murders someone else, you have come a, it's a direct assault against the image of God himself, and that murderer must give his or her life for the life that they took. That's God's sentence, not mine. That's what God said. Nothing's changed about that. Now, the question is, uh, well, who has the right to determine uh, this matter of capital punishment. You know, if somebody kills someone, who has the right to, to, to kill them? And that question is answered very clearly in the Word of God. Romans chapter 13, for example, uh, will, will tells us this. Every person is to be in subjection to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God. None. No authority except from God. Now, you've got to remember, when Paul was writing this, he was a Roman citizen, and there were the Caesars, and they were pretty despotic rulers, many of them. But yet, he still said there's no authority that comes except from God. God puts authority in, in governments, and those which exist are established by God. Therefore, whoever resists authority is opposed to the ordinance of God, and they who have opposed will receive condemnation upon themselves. For rulers are not a cause of fear for good behavior, but for evil. Do you want to have no fear of authority? Do what is good, and you will have praise from the same, for it is a minister of God to you for good. But if you do what is evil, be afraid." For it does not bear the sword for nothing, for it is a minister of God, an avenger, who brings wrath on those who practice evil. 
that's a mouthful, but basically what it's saying is this. God has given government the authority to, to yield, or wield, rather wield, the sword. And, and that's just a way of saying a sword. You know what a sword is. It's an instrument of death. And so, uh, who has the authority to take life? It is, in a, what a great responsibility it is, God has given government the, the authority to do just that. And so, those that uh, argue against the, the, those in the pro-life uh, movement that believe in capital punishment, they, they, they don't understand that basically what God is doing here is He is protecting life. He is raising the value of life even in capital punishment. What he is saying is, I do not take lightly the murder of human life. And anyone that takes into their hands the life of someone else, that's not doing it as a, as a means of protecting the rest of, uh, of the uh, nation, they are murderers and they have to, to stand the wrath of the government. And ultimately, that's the wrath of God. Uh, again, you can believe it or you can not believe it, but that's what it says there in the Word of God. And so we see that God is, uh, is upping the value, how much value He places on life by putting in the hands of, the, of human government the great responsibility of protecting others' lives and, yes, by, by taking the life of anyone that is a murderer. Uh, God places high value on life because, as he told Noah, we are created in the image of God. Any assault on that life is an assault on the image of, of Almighty God. Now, the value uh, that God places on life is also seen in his involvement in the reproducing of new lives. And that is found there, and we, I want to go back to Psalm 139, it is one of those really well-known passages to, especially to people that are in the pro-life movement. And here's what Psalm 139 verse 13 says. For you formed my inward parts, my inward parts, and you wove me in my mother's womb. Can you get the picture of God weaving us, our inward parts there? I will give thanks to you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. And so the psalmist is just saying, wow, what a, what a piece of artistry. What a beautiful thing that you've done in, in creating this complex human being. God, wonderful are your works, and my soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret and skillfully wrought in the depths of the earth. Your eyes have seen my unformed substance, and in your book were all written the days that were ordained for me, when as yet there was not one of them. We were written in God's book before even there was, even the sperm and the egg came together. God saw us preconception. Preconception. So, does life begin at conception? No. It began in the mind of God preconception. And then it just became a reality at conception. Now, think about that one for just a moment. That's exactly what it says. God saw us, and we were written in His book even before 
we were conceived. And so the value that God places on human life there, it's, it's very, very clear. Ongoing scientific discoveries continue to confirm uh, the life in the womb and in these wonderful inventions that continue to come to show us uh, more and more clearly the little life that is developing there in the womb and and, and we're just catching up to what God ha- had said in his word thousands of years ago we are kind of slow and, and you know science is not at odds with God so you know what science is Science is the ability to discover what God has, has created. And, and God has created some pretty awesome complexity in life. Way over my head, way above my pay, pay grade, grade for sure. But uh, that, that is the God that we serve. He places great value in life. The value of life uh, can be seen as, as God uh, shows His care for the least and the vulnerable. Um, one example of that is found in James chapter 1, verse 27, where he says to, that real religion is taking care of the orphans and the widows. And that's just one example of many, many in the Word of God where God is always looking out for the underdog, the least of these, and the vulnerable among us. Because you see, um, God loves uh, all life. All life. God is the creator and God holds it in high, high regard. And so should we. And so as you go out there where the battle is raging uh, between pro-life and pro-choice and and where the battle is raging in other areas even now that has to do with life, and it's going to continue to get worse and worse uh, because of the fallen world that we live in. But as believers, we need to have a graciousness, a kindness, and we need to know uh, how and why we believe what we believe from the source of absolute truth, the Word of God. If you'll just take these few moments that you've spent here and, and go from here and study and know on your own so that you know how to give a good, reasoned, righteous answer. Will they accept it? Will they buy into it? That's not your issue. That's not your problem. That's between them and God. It's that you know what you believe and you believe it and then you're able to express it in a kind way and then it's up to them and God. Well, I hope that this has been helpful. Until next time. God bless. Thank you for listening to this edition of Sharing Real Hope. We hope that you were encouraged in your walk with Christ by what you heard. Please take a moment to email us with your questions, prayer requests, and comments. Our email address is sharingrealhope at gmail.com. Again, that's sharingrealhope at gmail.com. Or you can visit our website at sharingrealhope.org. Until next time, keep living in and sharing real hope.